This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Plastics only began to be produced in large quantities following the Second World War. But plastic pollution has since become one of the most serious threats humanity faces. It's been estimated that by 2015, 60% of all plastic ever produced had become plastic waste. And in today's world, plastic waste is ubiquitous. It's in the air, it's in the soil, in fresh water, in the sea. According to the IUCN, up to 12 million tonnes of plastic debris is also entering our global oceans every year. The UN calls it a planetary crisis. What can we do? It was World Environment Day last week and the theme was Beat Plastic Pollution. Today on the show, I'm joined by Tahira Banu Mohamed Arif. She's the Plastic Initiative Manager for WWF Malaysia. She's going to talk to us about how we can actually beat plastic pollution. Welcome, Tahira. How are you today? Hello. Uh, I'm good. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, today, Tahira. So I think, you know, uh, it's it's always important, I think, to sort of like uh, lay down, you know, th- what this crisis is about, right? And we know that over the last five years, plastics has risen up the environmental agenda, isn't it? And with very good reason. I think it's always good to always kind of scare our listeners a little bit. Not, I mean, not to be too alarmist, but, you know, some sobering statistics, perhaps, that you think our listeners should know uh, about plastic pollution. All right. Okay. I I have quite a bit of statistics to (laughs) share. So uh, on average, um, and most of us don't know this, on average, about 8 million tons of plastics enter our ocean annually. And this, if these trends continue, the volume of plastic waste in our ocean could quadruple from the amount it was in 2010. So to put it in uh, the main picture, it's like there will be more plastics than fish in the ocean by 2015. Can you imagine like you when you go to the ocean, you see more plastics and than actually fish. So that's the statistics or that's the reality that we are living in now. Okay. And if we look at our own consumption, uh, if we look at Malaysia, our annual post-consumer plastic waste generation is over 1 million tonnes. And this is equivalent to the weight of almost 10,000 blue whales um, and can fill up over 76,000 of garbage trucks. So, um, and our most uh, famous Klang River is also listed as one of the world's uh, highest emitters of riverine uh, plastic polluters. So, what a um, a thing to have. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, uh, so we're we're for a small nation. We are quite um, uh, popular in this area. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not the kind of notoriety we want, but yeah, okay, all right. So here we are. So not not too good, lah, huh? The report card. Yeah, okay. and uh, if you look at our um, consumption-wise, it, it it is found that we are actually ingesting plastics through our food or seafood or water. Um, and an average of five grams per week, which is like equivalent to eating a credit card per week. Mm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so again, uh, it's just been bad. Lah, huh? It's just, and, and you know, in such a short time, right? It's only like, you know, uh, as I mentioned in the, in the uh, introduction, you know, it's only been since the second world war. So, you know, it's, it's not a very large amount of time, but the, it's, it's like just reached like crazy crisis levels, isn't it? Um, I think, you know, also maybe we can just do a little bit of a 101 on how plastic actually pollutes the environment. You know, maybe you can give us a a sort of a 101 on um, environmental risks, health risks, you know, all of these different things that are actually associated with plastic pollution. 
Okay, so uh, the plastics uh, that we throw away in our every life, uh, we see is um, it ends up in a, a dustbin, but what we don't see what happens beyond that. So it ends up mostly in landfills, and most times in its journey, it often gets blown away, uh, causing rivers and oceans to be filled with uh, plastics and through our waterways or drainage. And rainwater usually uh, washes away plastic litters that we often see in the streets and rivers. And we also, I think this is a common reality also now that people do still uh, flush down uh, plastics in toilet bowls and so on. Really? So all this is, yes, this is happening still. Okay, all and right. okay. all this is also impacting our environment. So plastic pollution impacts our water systems, our soils, and our air quality. So the most uh, frequent direct impact that we see is um, improper handling of plastic waste mm -hmm. uh, um, and human consumption of micro or even nanoplastics now. So And our soils are contaminated with plastics already. So any interaction um, the plastic has with the species or um, with the marine life, it will have very big consequences, not just for the marine ecosystem or environment, but also to us, because it typically leads to ingestion or entanglement of the wildlife and um, marine life. And we are also a part of the food chain ecosystem where we consume the water or we consume the uh, seafood and so on. And it also... Uh, the impact also leads to us. And uh, another reality that most of us in urban area don't see is that we have coastal communities mm. and these people are the most impacted by plastic waste. So they see this visibly and it's impacting them visibly and also impacting their livelihoods, food sources and so on. And uh, why plastic is so bad is that uh, plastic is derived from fossil fuel or crude oil. Mm -hmm. So it's considered as non-renewable sources. And while we are making these plastics, like extracting it, transporting it, or manufacturing it, there's um, tons of greenhouse gases are being emitted into the environment. So this is also an impact, a um, very severe impact to the environment now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's often also burnt as a method of disposal, right? And that also generates uh, greenhouse gas yes. emissions, right? Yes. So all of yes. that, you know, continues to add to the, I mean, it exacerbates the uh, climate crisis, isn't it, as well? Yes, yes okay. that's right. Yes, and I think, you know, also that um, folks just think like, okay, plastic is just going to disappear, right? But does plastic actually ever biodegrade? Uh, plastic can take up to hundreds of years to even break down and it takes time to decompose, and it's actually dependent on the type of product. So, for example, a plastic bag that we often use um, takes 20 years to break down, and a plastic straw takes about 200 years to break down, and bottles of maybe 450 years, and even a small, as simple as a small plastic toothbrush would take about 500 years. So, and while they are breaking down, they are being small, small pieces and causing more damage to the environment and the marine life, actually. Okay, so 
So again, you know, it's like, um, like you said, like, you know, we, we think with right away, dispose of it is done. But no, lah, I mean, the plastic that, you know, we probably used as kids is somewhere still uh, here, right? Somewhere <laughs> floating yes. about. That, that's quite a yeah. scary, th- I mean, that's a really scary thought, actually. Yeah, the shocking fact is plastic was commercialized maybe uh, starting 1950s. The plastic we have ever produced since then, it still exists somewhere in the earth. So that's the reality of it. Okay, all right. So, so you know, it is really a crisis, right? And and we really need to, uh, yeah, we really need to focus on on how we can uh, solve this. Um, let's just go for a quick break, Tahira. When we come back, you know, let's talk about, I guess, solutions, right? About you know what we all can do collectively, and uh, not just as individuals, but also in terms of you know what corporations can do. You know, producers, you know, the the role of uh, producers in all of this. I'm speaking today to Tahira Banu Muhammad Arif. She's the plastic plastic initiative manager for WWF Malaysia. We're talking about how we can actually beat plastic pollution. It is, uh, well, you know, it's been described as a planetary crisis. It is a planetary crisis. We'll have more after this quick break. Keep it right here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Joining me today is Tahira Banu Muhammad Arif. She's the Plastic Initiative Manager for WWF Malaysia. We are discussing how we can beat plastic pollution. So the reason we're talking about this, you know, it was World Environment Day last week, I think just exactly a week ago on the 5th of June, uh, and the theme was beat plastic pollution. So we're discussing, you know, options. Uh, and before the break, of course, Tahira, you know, you outlined you know, the kind the, the, the magnitude of the crisis, right? And how it's really, really something that we need to address. It's just, you know, nothing's going to get better otherwise, right? So let's talk about solutions now, right? So many green groups have said that the only way to deal with this pollution crisis is to stop uh, especially single-use plastic production at the source, right? Uh, I was reading WWF Global Plastics Policy Manager, Eirik Lindenberg. Uh, he said in an interview, and I'm quoting here, production and consumption are rapidly growing. We're designing products for being thrown away or being burnt in the environment. It's accelerating in the wrong direction. Maybe you want to expand on that for us. Uh, So in WWF, we believe there is no single solution or even a single entity that can solve plastic pollution. Mm -hmm. So we need collective efforts and shared responsibility from everyone, all parties. So um, at this moment, it is believed that there is too much focus on... um, focusing on waste management or just recycling alone as a solution, while the solution is much bigger than that. Uh, And there has been a lack of focus in addressing the source or the root cause of this problem, which is actually the excessive production and consumption of plastics. So we like to call the use the term closing or turning of the tap. So uh, imagine our pipe is leaking. So do we just keep on mopping the floor or do we try to actually close the tap first to stop the overflow? Mm -hmm. So this is a similar approach that we want to take where we believe while we need to mop the floor, which is to improve the waste management, we also need to rethink how we produce and consume plastics to stop or to reduce the incoming of plastics. So instead of designing products, we we keep designing single-use plastics to be thrown away. We need to look at how we can redesign it to make sure it can be reused, recycled, and we can keep it in the economy or keep it in the use for as long as possible Mm -hmm. so that we can reduce the need for new virgin plastics. So we actually call this um, the circular economy approach 
So it's one of the current sustainable economic model where products and materials are being, uh, since the thought process of it, uh, are designed in a way that it can be reused or remanufactured and recovered. So, and this will make sure the products are being used as long as possible, along with the resources, uh, the, the rare materials or the resources such as water, uh, energy, and so on. So it's also being conserved in the same time. So greenhouse, uh, greenhouse gases also can be reduced. And this is an ultimate model of sustainable consumption and production that we'd like to encourage. Okay. All right. And, um, you know, I, I was just speaking to, uh, you know, some other uh, environmentalists as well, you know, and we just saw the conclusion of the um, of the Intergovernmental Negotiating Committee, right, Inc. 2, right, happening in Paris. And, uh, you know, there was a, a strong push by, I think, you know, corporations. There was a lot of lobbyists there. And we've also seen that corporations have tried to put the onus on consumers to deal with the plastic uh, epidemic, right? You know, you alluded to it earlier, right? It's always like, oh, how can we recycle instead of how can we produce uh, good things? Uh, but people worldwide, of course, are recognizing that the majority of single-use plastics are not recycled or recyclable. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's up to the companies, right, to actually produce this waste uh, to come up, uh, to the companies that produce this waste to come up with a better system. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about what sustainable production of plastics would actually look like. You know, I mean, what are the principles and yeah, how should it be? Okay, uh, so to combat plastic pollution, uh, like I said, um, it's a shared responsibility. So industries must also embrace um, producing sustainable alternatives or making conscious choices in their production models. This employs like um, looking at recyclable packaging or biodegradable or even as simple as optimizing packaging design so that it's uh, it doesn't end up as waste or reducing waste and adopting uh, innovative manufacturing technologies or even uh, reducing the content of hazardous chemicals and so on. So this will ultimately uh, ensure uh, producing goods in a more sustainable manner and industries can contribute to reducing plastic pollution and as well as preserving the environment. So while when we have uh, good products in the market, it's also waste management wise, it's easier to manage. Uh, effective waste management systems can be employed. Uh, if like uh, recycling infrastructure can support this, and so our plastic problem can be uh, as, won't be as a big crisis as it is now. Okay, all right. And why would you say sustainable production is important to mitigate the plastic pollution crisis? So, um, we, without knowing what is coming in. There is no way we can address the problem at its uh, uh, later stage. Yeah. So uh, when we bringing in a new product or pl- a plastic into the market or for use, so that's where the most control is for us anyway. So knowing how it's going to come in, how it's going to be used, how it's going to be managed is um, is a thought process and it's a life. Uh, life cycle of the whole product that we can manage from the beginning. So knowing this, we can uh, plan better and prepare better to manage it. So uh, there is also a concept uh, where we would like to uh, introduce or it's, it's actually been in practice in some countries. It's called extended producer responsibility. So 
producer responsibility is typically for producers to produce their products, uh, manufacture their products and sell it to the consumers, right? So extended means they're also responsible for it at the end of life stage, mm-hmm. where uh, once it becomes a waste or when it's going to be disposed. So what happens to it is also a responsibility of the producers. So they also play a part in uh, managing it once it becomes a waste. So that's what we uh, would like to encourage here. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've, I've been reading this a lot that, you know, people say it's unrealistic to think that we can phase out all single-use plastic, right? But again, you know, as we keep going back to this, uh, there was a point in time, you know, in, in our not-too-distant past where that was a reality, right? I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you think that's unrealistic? So our relationship with plastic is quite complicated. <laughs> so on one hand, we have to acknowledge that plastic has made our life uh, quite easy but on the other hand it has also made the environment and uh, environment uh, pollution the plastic pollution for the worst so maybe it's not completely um, uh, possible to ban all plastics together because uh, plastic do have its um, benefits for example plastic as a material weighs less than other materials um, reducing the transportation needs and as well as reducing carbon emissions as well. Plastic as a material is durable compared to paper or any other material and and it's also less expensive compared to other materials as well. So it has its benefits in terms of uh, food safety, uh, hygiene regulations, being waterproof and so on. So what we are saying is that we should look at um, our plastics as in what is, um, we have a lot of uh, unnecessary or excessive uh, use that is considered as problematic. So let's identify those uh, problematic and unnecessary single-use plastics or what is considered as high-risk plastics and we can start with those, facing out those. So uh, this way we can manage our uh, and if we look at the consumption of pattern as well, uh, almost half of the packaging is actually used or produced for single-use uh, plastic packaging. So this way, um, we know there is a solution there if we look at the problematic and unnecessary single-use plastics. Okay. All right. And um, we also know that, you know, in terms of like a personal level, right, personal consumption, uh, there's been an obvious shift in attitude, right, towards uh, the demand for sustainability, right, by consumers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But of course, you know, recognizing the problem is one thing, actually increasing your knowledge and changing behaviors. That's, I think, you know, we all know a far greater challenge, right? Uh, What are some of your recommendations? You know, what are some ways we can actually deal with the pollution uh, crisis, the plastic pollution crisis on a personal level? Raising awareness among consumers um, on plastic environmental impacts is very, very important. And providing information on the uh, better alternatives or um, sustainable consumption practices, it will complement our uh, efforts in tackling plastic pollution. Um, And as consumers, we need to realize that we have the most power in driving change. Uh, because we have we make the purchasing decisions in our life. So we can start very, very simple by start rethinking the use of our daily life, uh, everyday plastics. It could be as simple as your water bottle. You don't need your single-use plastic bottle. 
we can use, start using reusable plastic bottles, water bottles, sorry, reusable bottles. Our shopping bags, bring your own bags, um, to go containers, um, instead of tapau using the provided shop single-use plastics, we can bring our containers. It's easy as that. So when possible, we can look at uh, reusable options and so on. And our personal care products um, does have a lot of single-use plastics in it. So it's a um, careful choice that we can make in our daily life. Um, for example, um, there are a lot of products that use micro bits in, uh, in its uh, usage, right? So cosmetics and things, to, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So we can choose to opt for those without these microbeads because microbeads are a primary source of um, uh, microplastics as well. So uh, we can make these kind of simple choices. And um, I, I would suggest um, start reading the labels. When available, when there is an option, we can look for those with recycled content. I do see a lot of options um, start coming into our Malaysian market. So we can go for those um, better options. And I would always encourage and emphasize on this, recycle and recycle smart. So we, uh, for those living in um, urban areas, especially you can see a lot of um, centers, drop-off centers that you can actually drop off your recyclables. And they have um, segregation bins where you can put your plastic bottles separately. Please do that. Please start practicing that. And um, these simple changes, uh, we may think it's not um, making any impact, but it's making a very, very big impact when you start doing it on your own, when you start um, encouraging your family members and friends to do the same. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, you know, I just want to add also, you know, wherever we can, uh, uh, you know, try and go zero waste. So that might be a good idea, right? I mean, like, you know, in terms of buying stuff, we can uh, uh, go to places that are refill stores, for example, right? For your cooking cooking needs, for your cosmetics. There's so many shops now, you know, just in, in the Klang Valley alone, right? So many options have yes, come. that's right. Yes, yeah. that's right. And, you know, just on a global level, right? I mean, places like the, Euro the European Union and uh, countries like Rwanda and Bangladesh, for example, they've banned things like single-use plastic. Right. Um, let's talk about Malaysia. Right. What are some steps that we are taking towards tackling the plastic pollution crisis? In Malaysia, uh, the Ministry of Natural Resource, uh, Energy and Climate Change, or in short, we like to call it NRCC. So they have also introduced uh, several policies uh, to look at um, to address the plastic pollution problem in Malaysia. Uh, one being the Malaysia Plastic uh, Sustainability Roadmap that was launched in 2021. So it addresses uh, the key problems such as uh, uh, single-use plastics and phasing out single-use plastics, uh, introducing uh, extended producer responsibility as some of the key action points. Uh, on top of this, I think there is also the recent announcement of um, eliminating the usage of plastic bags for retail purposes um, by 2025. I think this is a very good and welcomed move. And uh, to top this or to make this more effective, we would like to encourage more uh, planning and execution of this uh, plan and so on. So this ban, we uh, believe, will help in phasing out and reducing the single-use plastics 
and also encourage our consumers to adopt more sustainable black uh, habits in the long run. Okay. All right. And I, you know, I just want to go back to this statistic that WWF Malaysia actually came up with, right? You estimate that total annual post-consumer plastic waste generated in Malaysia, this is in 2016, of course, was mm-hmm. over 1 million tons, right? You mentioned this, uh, can mm-hmm. fill 76,000 rubbish trucks. I just want to re, you know, just bring that up again. Uh, what more can we do? I mean, what are some of WWF Malaysia's recommendations uh, specifically to the authorities? But yeah, then later we'll talk maybe about, you know, on a personal level. Okay, um, so um, I think one good direction is also uh, the government of Malaysia has um, introduced the 12th Malaysia plan. Um, this was, I think, announced back in 2021 also. And it has uh, set the directions for better measures on uh, product packaging and design for reuse, recycling and waste management. So I think this is a good start for us uh, in Malaysia to start tackling our post-consumer waste and um, introducing or uh, mandating extended producer responsibility. It's a very, very uh, good uh, step to do this as well because this will not only um, kickstart the producer responsibility, but it will also give us more uh, finances that we are required to improve our local infrastructure and uh, recycling uh, for waste separation at source and recycling and so on, which is very, very much needed in Malaysia now. Okay, all right. Well, Tahira, you know, there's, there's a lot that needs to be done, you know, and, and again, you know, by by everyone, lah, you, like you said, there's no one sort of silver bullet, right? There's a lot of solutions that need to come together to to actually uh, combat this crisis. Um, before I let you go, uh, you know, any concluding message perhaps that you'd like to leave for our listeners? So, yes. So, plastic pollution is a global crisis, but it is something that is be, uh, within our control that we can do. Even as an individual, we have very much and very big power to play a part in this. So I would like to encourage all listeners uh, to start thinking your everyday plastics, see what small changes that you can make in your daily life to improve uh, your own consumption practices. And uh, please do encourage your family members and friends to do the same. And if you are in a position of power, you can also start demanding for better and sustainable choices from your favourite brands and so on. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, any consumer can actually do that though, right? I mean, we should all collectively like start demanding better from um, um, our, our uh, you know, producers, plastic producers of plastic. Because I remember, uh, you know, speaking to uh, folks from the Break Free from Plastic movement, right? And they said that, so they do uh, brand audits, right? When they do beach cleanups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the n- most notorious sort of like culprits of plastic they find are these, you know, like single sachets, single use sachets, yeah. right? Simple things like that. And yeah, so we need to think about, you know, how about going back to what things were like before, like, you know, sort of buying in bulk and not these, yeah, convenient. Yeah, I know it's very convenient, but really, is it, I mean, maybe you can be in- inconvenienced just a little bit, right? Just for the for the planet. Yeah, we'll see. But it's really necessary. So that's the question that we have. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, Tahira, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Tahira Banu Muhammad Arif, Plastic Initiative Manager at WWF Malaysia. We were talking about how we can actually beat plastic pollution. It is a planetary crisis. If you'd like to find out more about WWF Malaysia's work, you can head to their website. That's wwf.org.my. And of course, you guys are on all the social media channels, right? So just search for WWF Malaysia. If you miss any part of our chat today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my earth. You can also find it 
it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.